welcome, welcome, or welcome back to the Me, Myself, and I podcast. My name is Kelly. I'm the host of this podcast. I am 22 years old. I struggle with depression, anxiety, binge eating disorder, and body dysmorphia. Um, If this is your first time listening to the podcast, this is your first episode that you came across. I would definitely recommend going back and listening to the intro episode just because it gives you a little bit more of an insight what the podcast is about, why I created the podcast and who I am, um, why I even think I should have created a podcast, those kinds of things. Uh, Definitely would go back and listen. Um, But if you are new here, uh, welcome. And this episode, we're actually talking about nourishing your body. I am a definite believer of the mind, body and soul connection. Those three pillars of life need to be nourished to be cared for, especially as a human being um, and as a soul needing to really connect to those three things to lead a healthier lifestyle and to live healthier within oneself. Uh, I definitely believe mind, body, and soul connection 100%. You need to take care of all three to really fulfill and to really uh, live in a healthier way, um, especially when one struggles with mental illness those three things and nourishing, taking time and care to really emphasize, you know, taking care of your mind, taking care of your body, taking care of your soul um, and knowing what you need as a person uh, can really help alleviate some of the effects of having mental illness and living with mental illness. Um, So yeah, that was just like a quick overview of the podcast. Uh, Today, I am talking about nourishing your body. Um, This is a little bit of a heavier topic for me. I have tried to record this and re-record this multiple times. Uh, It just has a lot of weight. And just a disclaimer, I will be talking about eating disorders, how I've been affected by eating disorders, um, and just kind of the motions of them. So if you're somebody who struggles with eating disorders and there are certain things that could, you know, trigger you or could upset you. I definitely don't want to say anything or do anything that will hurt or harm somebody else, um, especially with struggling with things that I've struggled with. I, I want to be 100% open and honest about it, um, and I don't want to say something that could trigger somebody in any way, shape, or form or bring up any bad emotions or negativity, especially when talking about relationships with food and talking about relationships with oneself and self-esteem. Uh, so if you are somebody who maybe you don't want to listen to this episode um, out of, you know, just worrying about the triggers that could happen or worrying about, you know, things that could be said that could be hurtful to you. I definitely don't want you to listen to this episode. I want you to go listen to a different episode um, or listen to, you know, something else for now. I will have another episode published soon. I just, I don't want anybody to be triggered in any way or to have negative thoughts brought up in any way with any of the things I'm going to talk about because I I am going to talk about some triggering things um, when it comes to eating, when it comes to eating disorders, and when it comes to the neglect that I really faced and subjected myself to throughout uh, the last, you know, 12 plus years of me struggling with my relationship with food. Um, So just that disclaimer as well. Um, but otherwise talking about nourishing your body. Um, so when we talk about nourishing your body, I think we all kind of go to the idea of, you know, eating better, you know, really focusing on nutrition, a healthy balanced diet, uh, being more active, sleeping more, hydrating more, and definitely yes to all of those things. Um, getting more sleep is so important, really getting that reset that your body needs, that your mind needs. Um, the reset for the next day is so important. Hydration, making sure that your body is functioning 
functioning properly with the correct foods, with the correct amount of water intake that you need. I try to drink about a gallon of water a day. Um, You're supposed to drink enough uh, for your body weight, I believe it is. Uh, you're just, I don't know, I've always been told a gallon of water a day is what you should drink. I know it's like equivalent to your body weight in water is what you should be drinking. Um, so hydrating enough and also being active. You know, I'm not one that likes to exercise. I am not the person that will say, hey, let's go to the gym. Let's go work out. Um, I do like going on walks. I do love, I love dancing and swimming. Um, so I love being active in those ways. Um, whereas in my brain, it's not like exercise to me. It's just doing things that I enjoy. Um, so those are important. I, I do believe that those are important. Um, I think when we're talking about nourishing the body, I, I really believe there's an overlap between nourishing the mind and nourishing the body, especially if you're somebody like me who does struggle with eating disorders and who struggles with self-esteem issues, body image issues, body dysmorphia, um, and just the image of yourself overall. There is such an overlap with the mind and body connection um, where nourishing and healing your mind and nourishing and healing your body overlap in so many various ways. Um, so for me, let's kind of take it back for a second. Um, so I started having a negative relationship with food at a very young age. Um, I was consistently told that I was overweight, that I was fat, I was too chubby. And we're talking about uh, early ages uh, from like the age of like five to seven, maybe a little bit before then even. Uh, I was told those things at such an impressionable age where looking back at it now from, you know, what I know now and the education I currently have about myself, about, you know, psychology, trauma, uh, my background and all of that, uh, I definitely know that being at an impressionable age that I was in and being told all of those things and having that negativity consistently pushed my way um, was creating a toxic mindset for myself and setting me up in a negative headspace at such a young age and it carried over um, and it ultimately did carry over. Uh, I There are things about my relationship with food that I have struggled with since I was a child um, and a huge influence in my life was my relationship with my dad and he was really the one that had pushed that negative thinking um, towards me. He was the one that would call me names and he was the one that would say I need to be put on a diet even at such a young age Um, and I feel like shaming any child for the size of their body, I mean shaming anyone for the size of their body is just horrible Um, but especially a child when they are impressionable, when you want to nurture them to love themselves and to you know have them realize hey, Hey, you matter. Um, you are important. You are kind. What matters is what's on the inside, not the outside. I feel like that's such a big thing we should be preaching to kids is that it really matters what kind of person you are, not what you look like on the outside. Um, and that unfortunately isn't what I received in my life. You know, um, it is unfortunate that at such a young age, I uh, really had it pushed upon me the idea that being skinnier equaled having more worth. Um, And now I just want to take a pause and say I'm only speaking on my journey. Um, You know, I am a plus size person. I am a bigger person. I'm overweight. I'm fat. Uh, Whatever label you want to use, uh, that's me. So I had different struggles than somebody who might be, you know, Uh, struggling with gaining weight or struggling with their relationship with food if they are skinny and they're, you know, trying to gain weight or they're told they're too skinny, you know, they're too small, they need to put on some weight. Whereas I was told I need to lose weight, I need to be on a diet. Um, 
it's different but the same if that makes sense uh it's the same mentality it's the same judgment uh regardless if you're talking to somebody that's overweight or if you're talking to somebody that's underweight it doesn't really matter um to subject somebody to judgment uh because of their physical appearance is just awful um and so i i definitely want to say that even though my journey is based off of me being overweight and me being a bigger person uh, doesn't invalidate anybody who is smaller and feeling like they were never validated in their size and how they felt. Um, This is just my own personal experience with my life and my journey um, and my relationship with food. And it really created um, what I would know as my relationship with food. Uh, You know, I established at a very early age that I hated myself and that I hated the body I was in, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't just my dad who pushed that on me. It was his family members. It was my peers as well. You know, it was other kids at school, um, people around me, even uh, people in workplaces as I got older as well. So uh, it wasn't one person that really, you know, had done anything to me. It was ultimately, I was a very uh, impressionable child at a very young age and to have this negative emotion um, subjected to me when it came to food and to have this really negative uh, relationship with myself established at such an early age, that is what led me to continue the toxicity Um, because at that age, I didn't have the resources or the knowledge um, to really help myself or, you know, to get therapy, to get to a nutritionist. I didn't have those things at that life uh, at that life, at that moment in my life, um, really my life, you know, when you're a kid is controlled by your parents, by the people around you, by the adults in your life. You really don't have a lot of say um, in how you're treated or the way that people speak to you or the things that you do. Um, and so that's where being impressionable and needing to be nurtured is so important because if I would have, you know, had a different relationship established with food, a different relationship established with myself, who knows where I would be right now. Um, So unfortunately, in my childhood, uh, it was really instilled in me that the size of my body equaled my worth as a person. And that's where I carried that throughout my entire life. Um, Up until, you know, when I started reworking my mindset, when I started reworking my relationship with food and unpacking my past trauma and um, the traumatic experiences related to food that I had and really started unpacking my relationship with my dad, who ultimately, you know, I had the worst relationship with and thinking back. Uh, had this resentment for um, for the things that he said to me and did to me uh, as a child. So I had to rework a lot of what I knew um, and I had to rework everything that I thought I had learned and was correct. You know, the thing about learning and educating yourself is remembering that you know, the things that you once knew could be wrong. You know, it, it doesn't mean just because you were taught one thing doesn't mean it's necessarily correct. And that's what I think I want to say is that I had to unlearn so that I could relearn, if that makes sense. Um, so at an early age, I had a negative relationship with food uh, going into older years, you know, middle school into high school. I kind of spiraled from there. Um, I was 
bulimic for a period of my life. Uh, I wanted to en- enjoy the food and be able to binge eat and to eat whatever I wanted. Um, but there was still a consistent fear and a constant fear of gaining weight and being overweight or I would shame myself for how much I would eat. And then, oh my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm going to gain so much weight from eating this amount of food. And then uh, I would then proceed to make myself throw up and to purge. Um, so I, I did have uh, a run in with bulimia for a while there. I uh, really, really struggled with eating in general, um, which then at a point turned into I didn't want to eat at all. Uh, because my in my mind uh, with bulimia, because uh, keep in mind, I was so young still at this age, you know, probably this time, maybe 11, 12 ish. Um, and this is when, you know, Tumblr, I, I started learning about Tumblr and I started learning about, you know, the Anna pages, the Mia pages. And if you know what those are all about, I mean, it's insane how much social media back then, um, specifically, you know, there were there were dedicated pages to eating disorders, to mental illness, um, you know, how to, you know, tips on how to cut yourself, tips on, you know, how to th- make yourself throw up and how to eat less calories. And, you know, th- this is the goal of what you should look like. If you're, if you don't have a thigh gap, then, oh my God, then you're fat. You, oh my God, you're disgusting if you don't have a thigh gap. If I can't see your, your ribs, then, you know, it's, you know, you, are too overweight and you need to continue to lose weight. So my image of what I thought my size should be stemmed from pictures on the internet of other people and other pages that um, ultimately were dedicated to harm, harm to oneself. I mean, if I think back to, you know, eating disorders in the beginning of my, you know, uh, subjecting myself to eating disorders it really um it really started when I was curious about you know losing weight and weight loss and I had access to these sites and that's what I would look up and you know those were the pages that popped up were people dedicating their time and energy to giving people tips on how they were anorexic how they were bulimic you know how they self-harmed um you know romanticizing depression romanticizing mental illness and that's what I subjected myself to so you know, at, at this age and being super into Tumblr and having, you know, the pages that I followed, um, that's where it had really turned into uh, anorexia at um, a point. It, it, it switched from I stopped purging and I stopped binging and I just kind of eliminated eating altogether. Um, so I would used to eat, you know, ice with Kool-Aid on it. I would eat an apple and that's all I would eat all day. Um, And I feel like people around me who I would try to talk to about it, who I would try to open up about it, the first thing was, well, you're overweight. So, you know, how do you do, how do you struggle with an eating disorder? You know, what eating disorder could you have? And that's where it was easier to not talk about having an eating disorder. It was easier to not talk about a negative relationship with food than it was to talk about it. Because anytime I talk about it, it became invalid and I became invalid in my emotions and in the way that I was processing them. Um, So I didn't really have help in that sense. Um, So, 
anorexia was a huge thing for me and that was something where you know at school I would eat and then it was more for like show because I didn't want people to ask me or to say anything about how much I was eating so I would eat but I wouldn't eat you know like an over amount I wouldn't binge and then I would go home and I just wouldn't eat at all uh there were times when I got like weight loss shakes from Walmart or um, my mom had, you know, weight loss shakes that she did and I would take them and that's all I would drink is just those and I wouldn't actually put any food into my body. Um, so in that, I struggled with that for uh, actually a, quite a bit of high school um, into when I had hit a point of downward spiral. So I had hit a point where I became suicidal. I became um, my own worst enemy, you know, self-harm. I've talked about self-harm a little bit in, uh, my previous podcast. I, I touched base a tiny bit, uh, not really in depth just because that, that is probably a separate episode in itself with way more disclaimers than I can give in this amount of time. Um, so I had subjected myself to self-mutilation and self-harm, um, for the majority of my preteen and teenage life. Um, and so when I had hit a certain spiral with myself, and now this is my mental illness, you know, this is depression, this is my eating disorder, this is anxiety, all, all one, all meshed up together, just inside of me creating this self-hatred, loathing, don't want to exist anymore uh, mindset that I had. So uh, around the time, probably, I think it was like, I was like 15 or 16. I think I was 15 um, when I had first attempted suicide and that, you know, you go to therapy, you do, I was in an inpatient. So you go to group therapy, you go to separate therapy, you do these exercises, talk about how you feel, why you feel that way, whatever. Um, and one thing I didn't even talk about when I was in inpatient, something I didn't want to bring up was eating disorders because I knew that I, I didn't know, that's the wrong word to use. I assumed that because I had been invalidated in the past when bringing it up, that I would then be invalidated again. Um, because at this point I'd gone to multiple therapists that just didn't work out for me. Um, I went to, uh, I had different medications that I had been on, just didn't work for me. I had just become so numb as a person. Um, and then to be, you know, a high school kid is hard, you know, to be a kid growing up, uh, people are judgmental and especially living in a small town, um, you know, everybody knows everybody. And I had moved into the town at, a, you know, later in life than what, you know, a lot of people grew up together, you know, they were in preschool together, kindergarten together, and I had moved uh, to school with them probably around the age of eight or nine. So for me, you know, looking back, it was later that I had moved in. So everybody already had their friends, everybody had their cliques and their groups. Um, and it felt like I didn't really fit in with anybody at first. Uh, and then I started meeting people and being introduced to people and it got a little bit easier. Um, but I still felt like an outsider consistently. It never felt like I was fully welcomed, even graduating from high school with those people um, and with the people I graduated with. I just kind of always had felt like an outsider. Um, I think with with mental illness and not being able to really comprehend um, how I was feeling. It was harder to be social. It was harder to, you know, 
get to know people and I already felt that people had these preconceived notions about me and I you know already felt like people were judging me so it was just easier to not uh there were definitely people that did judge me and that were vocal about judging me and had called me names and had said the rudest shit to me. Um, but the, you know, the majority of people weren't, weren't bad at all. There were people that were super nice. It was just me in myself that had subjected myself to negative thinking. And thus I created this idea that people already didn't like me. So, you know, through high school and through mental illness, I got to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I, remember being bullied by certain people throughout you know my years of school um and it got to a point where I was like begging my mom you know to switch schools but then I was like if I switch schools you know they're gonna think I'm this coward and I whatever I felt like I needed to stay in a toxic place for whatever reason um and so I ultimately uh, got to a point where I didn't want to live anymore. Uh, You know, I had downward spiraled and I had attempted suicide on a a, a couple different occasions. I was going to say numerous times, but on a couple of different occasions. Um, So I ended up having to go to inpatient and I didn't want to speak on my eating disorder. I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to be invalidated because even with therapy before then, I felt like I didn't, I wasn't getting anything out of it. You know, I wasn't feeling any better. I wasn't any happier. And of course, it takes time. And at that age, I I didn't understand the mental processing. I didn't understand the unpacking that needed to happen. The trauma that I had actually experienced that was trauma and valid that, you know, there are kids that don't go through stuff like that. And it's okay for me to feel certain ways about what I went through. It's okay for me to, you know, have these emotions. Everybody processes something different. And, you know, a lot of the time, my situation would be compared to somebody else's, you know, whether it was by family members, by friends, you know, there was a lot of old friends I had that would say, you know, oh, well, it could be worse. You know, what if you went through this instead? You know, there are people that have it worse than you. And the number one thing I hate is comparing situations because you never know how somebody processes a situation, what their emotional reaction to that situation is, and how they'll feel about themselves after a situation happens. Uh, So I hate when people compare situations to other people um and I don't like when people say well my situation's worse than yours because that's what I was told a lot which made me feel more invalid in what I was feeling um so with my body with eating disorders uh after you know suicide attempt inpatient hospital left uh didn't really feel any different didn't feel like I learned anything kind of was still stuck and again being at the age that I was being so into that habit and that cycle of you know this is how I am this is how I think uh not even really wanting to help myself at that point because I didn't realize how much help I needed um you know, and you would think that me trying to take my own life would really spark that. And it did in a sense of like, you know, I had tried a few times. um, And then after, you know, failed attempts, and after me still living and still being a person, which I wasn't even expecting, um, you know, when when I had made up my mind, I had made up my mind. So for me to have lived through it, and to still be here, I think had switched my mind a little bit, um, where I, you know, had changed in thinking a little bit, but not in a sense of like, I thought I needed help. I just thought that, okay, if I just kind of 
back up a little bit, if I, you know, just really stay within myself, if I don't explore other options, if I don't go seek help, you know, I might still be in this space, but at least I'm not, you know, getting worse. At least I'm not trying to kill myself. And that, that was the biggest thing is that I had this idea in my head that me staying in the place that I was was better because I wasn't getting worse. And that's, and that's not true at all. I needed help. Um, I was a child, you know, I needed somebody to help me. And with the help I received, it just didn't do anything for me. So that's where I really, uh, struggled a lot. I really struggled a lot, uh, after suicide attempts, after, you know, I would go back to school. I had, um, self-harm, you know, it was all over my arms, all over, you know, and I would try to, I would try to wear uh like long sleeves as people I that self-harm do uh I tried to conceal it as best as I could um and when scars would start to fade a little bit you know I would think that they weren't as noticeable I would try to hide it as much as I could but I know that there were times when it was seen and when it was pointed out and when people would talk about you know me being gone for a whole week from school and you know when I would get asked questions and um it, it led to a different view on myself, but it led to still a destructive path. So my relationship um, with food and eating had completely changed. You know, I after I had gotten out of the hospital and um, when I was in inpatient, you you know, they had three meals that you would eat that I have snacks that you could have throughout the day. And we were talking about, you know, unpacking and uh, kind of expressing emotions from childhood, from, you know, what makes you feel depressed, what makes you feel sad, uh, what is the reasoning behind it, uh, you know, tell me about your story, tell me, you know, what happened when you were a kid, blah, 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 and it's just, for me, it, it really didn't, it just felt, I don't know, I, I feel like being in an inpatient really uh, changed the way I, I view the, uh, mental illness community, the way I view um, psychology, the way I, that I view um, even therapy just in general. I, it really it really changed the way that I see uh, myself as a person who struggles with mental illness because it, being in an inpatient, it was dull. It was not fun. It, you know, it sucked. It, it felt like a, a prison. Honestly, it didn't feel happy. It didn't feel like we're here to make you feel better. It didn't feel like any of that. Uh, and if anything, I went out of it knowing how to lie more so about the way that I felt and how to really hide how I felt instead of being able to learn how to communicate and express with people how I felt and how to get through it. Um, so after I had gotten out of inpatient, uh, my relationship with food, uh, food became my everything. You know, that's what I did. I used that to cope with anything and everything. It was food. Uh, I found some comfort in it. I don't know. I don't know what it was or what really changed. Um, when I, you know, when I had, gotten out of the inpatient um my mom and I were living with her boyfriend at the time and he would cook a lot uh, he would cook meals my grandpa that's always how he's kind of shown love and like cares like cooking home-cooked meals um and it came from like a place of you know I care about you you know this you know this is how I show my appreciation and my care for you uh so I 
started thinking of food as uh, a way to connect with myself and a way to love myself as far as like if I'm sad if I'm upset food will numb all that pain food will numb everything and it was kind of like a whole 180 switch from where I had been to where I was at the time um so I went from you know hating food hating my body and it was kind of like well I already hate my body I already hate myself who gives a fuck if I eat all of this food all the time and who's gonna you know who cares you know people already think I'm fat if they think that I'm fat why not just be what they think I am why not make myself believe what they're saying um and so my relationship with food changed a hundred percent uh it went from never wanting to eat food to food was the only happiness in my life that was the only constant that I had that was the only control that I had was what I put in my body and what I did to my body and that was the biggest thing and that's where the control aspect the mind body connection is just insane because ultimately I felt like the only control over my life that I had was the things that I put inside of my body and the things I did to the outside of my body. So self-harm and eating were the only things I felt like I had control over. Um, Because after, you know, inpatient, obviously there were stricter rules in my house. There was more, you know, like check-ins with my mom and with everything. Um, There was a lot less freedom uh, than what obviously I'd had Uh, prior to being in an inpatient so with that you know and with my family life you know trying to be more supportive trying to be understanding um it ultimately it still felt like I didn't have anyone to turn to or to talk to um it felt like I didn't have people in my life that were educated on mental illness and that were educated on the things that I needed you know I had a phone call um an impatient that really changed uh kind of my my whole look on relationships with family and you know I it's stuff that I've moved past from now but it's like you know I felt like I didn't have anyone to turn to and food was the only thing that I had so I binged I would binge all the time I would you know I was constantly eating if there was you know two packs of cookies in the cupboard I would eat one and a half of them uh and then I eat a whole bag of chips I would eat you know and I'm talking like family-sized bags of chips I could drink like a whole 12 case of pop no problem like I was putting my body through it uh so that's where the binge eating kind of started is where I really said fuck it you know if people think I'm fat that's exactly what I'm gonna be and I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks about the foods that I'm eating I don't care what people say about what I'm eating or what people say about my body even though I ultimately did and it was because I was feeling hurt and I had no control over obviously what people say to me the only control I have is over how I process what people say to me how I learn that just because somebody says something to me about myself doesn't make it true um so it was really learning to disconnect that uh but when I I couldn't at first so I really struggled with eating a lot uh I had within a year year and a half uh probably a little less than even a year and a half uh I had put on a good like 70 pounds 80 pounds and um it got to a point where 
now I look back at like old pictures from like middle school, childhood, you know, and back then, like I was tiny. Like when I was a kid, I was a small kid. Like I was pretty tiny um, at an early age. And then I can see the weight being put on as I got older. Um, But I look back even to like middle school where I thought I was just so fat and where I put myself down so much and, you know, where the self-harm started and where hating myself really spiraled and where I was hitting rock bottom. And I look back and I think, oh my gosh, like there was absolutely nothing wrong with my body at that time. And I can't believe that that's what I thought about myself when I look back, you know, to the younger version of me. And I feel so awful for the things I subjected myself to and for the mindset I had, you know, not not everything was in my control, but I didn't know how to help myself and I couldn't help myself at the time. And um, it just is, it really saddens me to think about how hard I was on myself um, when all I needed was love and support and just a sense of being. Uh, So that, you know, that's where controlling food, controlling what I did to myself uh, was the only thing I had going on. So uh, my binge eating really started uh, full swing probably, I would say, uh, like senior year uh, through college. And then um, even now I still deal with uh, binge eating. I still, you know, I've, I've gotten a lot better with educating myself on nutrition that my body needs, on, you know, the different breakdowns of carbs, proteins, fats, vitamins, uh, fiber, gut health in general. Um, You know, I've had different ulcers that uh, have really damaged my stomach to the point where I should be on like a gluten-free diet, dairy-free diet, and I just you know, I'm not um, on gluten-free just because it is so expensive. It's an expensive lifestyle to live. Love the food. uh, Hate the price of the food. So, I've I've learned what my body needs um, and how I can get those things uh, without shaming myself, without, you know, putting myself down for what I'm eating and for how I go about eating. Um, So, binge eating really started probably the end of high school, um, like senior year, it got pretty bad. Uh, that's when I gained all the weight was pretty much my senior year into my first couple of, uh, my first year of college. And then I kind of went back to the, um, the like resist and then binge cycle where all day I wouldn't eat food. And then at night I would just binge and that's like what I would eat. And I carried that with me even, you know, within last year, you know, I was still doing that. And it's so it's really been just this last year that I've started really reworking myself. Uh, and I've slipped up multiple times. I uh, completely had discouraged myself, had attacked myself for no reason as far as uh, mentally speaking. So I had really uh, been overthinking a lot and had been putting myself down a lot. You know, I haven't relapsed from self-harm in probably uh, three, four years now. But uh, with food, it was almost like the food and, you know, resisting, binging, like restraining myself from eating. uh, It felt like that was a different form of self-harm, you know, where I would subject myself to this, the awful things that I would do. um, And I would really like, even after eating something super healthy, you know, I would go and 
talk to tell myself basically that I was a piece of shit for even eating food and that you know if I went a month without eating like who cares because I have enough fat on my body to last me the month like stuff like that where you know I didn't deserve any of that and that's the same with whoever's listening you know if you struggle with an eating disorder um, and if you struggle with image issues and self-esteem issues you know it's it it can be really hard to get yourself out of that mindset and you know I find myself now where I'll I'll go to think something negative about myself and it really is stopping it in the moment trying to figure out why I'm criticizing myself and correcting it into a positive um, a positive thing that's being said about me Uh, just because I have struggled with negativity my entire life self-hatred my entire life and I really rewiring is a hard thing um and you know whether you're in therapy or doing it on your own you know it's gonna take time to unpack and to get through all the shit that you need to go through um as far as you know why you need to take care of yourself why you're worth the life that you have and why you were given the life that you have you know you um when you're a kid you don't really have control over what happens to you um or decisions and that's a really shitty thing you know there are kids that are dealt really bad cards um and that you know their life from the moment they're born just you know they deserved better um and there's some parents that just shouldn't have been parents that treat their kids very poorly and um i i really have such a empathetic um feeling towards people like that because i wasn't necessarily dealt the greatest hand either um but I know that there are other people that still you know have to deal with that they still have to deal with the toxicity maybe you're still at a younger age where you don't have as much control and whereas me you know at one point not seeing myself live past 16 17 you know not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up because I didn't see myself living you know long enough to be an adult um being an adult now and having the control that I have um over my life and over my body and over you know the things that I have control over um it really helped to change the relationship that I have with myself. So my thing is that if you're in high school or if you're, you know, younger where you're not 18, you're still in your parents' house, um, I would say honestly, uh, seek resources, seek therapy, seek professional help if you need. Um, if you are recommended medication, definitely seek opportunities for that. Um, there is no shame in therapy. There's no shame in medication whatsoever. Um, but I would, I, I know that you have no reason to trust me. I'm, I know that you, have, you don't even know who I am, but if there's anything I could say where it's going to be a trust me, uh, is just wait until you get out of your hometown. Wait until you move out on your own. Wait until you feel like you have more control over your life, um, because it will get easier and it will get easier to find out who you are as a person outside of that negativity, outside of that toxic mindset. If it is, you know, family or home life that is bringing that negativity to you, um, it really makes a world of difference when you move out. Um, I, I think that is probably, Uh, the biggest thing that I could ever you know preach and say is that you know getting away from a negative space is an incredible feeling Um, and my family was you know as I had gotten older 
became more educated about mental illness, became more educated about, you know, why I was affected the way I was affected. And I think it helped with me explaining, you know, there was a lot of resentment and hard feelings I held um, towards my parents, towards uh, family in my life, towards friends. And now, you know, it really has come to, you know, I've, I've grown up and I've had to explain where I was coming from and why, you know, I had the feelings that I had towards those people at the given time. Um, and I think that now I've reworked and reestablished my relationships in my life to where they are healthier and to where I've set boundaries for myself um, when it comes to the people in my life. So as far as eating disorders and mental illness and uh, nourishing the body, nourishing the mind, um, I mean, there's a lot, you know, with me, I, and my eating disorders and how I know that my brain thinks. I've gotten to know myself really well over the course of this personal growth journey. Um, And I realized that I didn't even know who I was, you know, a couple years ago, a year ago, like I had no clue who I was as a person. And it really took me re-educating myself and re-getting to know myself. Um, You know, what do I like? What are foods that I enjoy? What do I enjoy doing? Um, What brings my life happiness? What brings me happiness? Um, It took a lot of, it took a lot of time getting to know myself and it, it uh, really didn't even start or the idea didn't really even start until I moved out into an apartment um, where I spend a majority of my time, you know, by myself if I'm not at work. Um, my significant other and I work opposite shifts. So he works second shift and I work just a regular like I'm out of work typically by six thirty, seven o'clock um, and he's working 4 p.m. to midnight. So we're on opposite shifts. If I have a day off or you know, when I get home from work, like I'm typically by myself. And I think that's where it really started with like, okay, let's get to know ourselves. You know, I'm spending a lot of time alone and sitting here hating myself every day by myself. Being in my own head is going to really suck. So I I really had to re-educate myself and it was easier to break down my depression uh, than it was to break down my eating disorders and my relationship with food, my body dysmorphia, you know, um, I think because I have had so many experiences with being put down in my life because of my weight and my physical appearance, I don't think it'll it'll take a short amount of time to uh, really see myself for who I am. I I think it'll take a lot more hard work. I definitely don't put myself like I do like I used to. Um, I try to have more positive thinking when it comes to my body. Um, so. You know, for me, I had to, uh, in order to rewire my brain when it came to eating disorders, when it came to, you know, nurturing my body and nourishing my body, you know, I had to stop dieting. I had to stop weighing myself. I had to stop um, using food as my coping mechanism. So, because for me, it becomes so obsessive, you know, dieting would become so obsessive to the point where I was weighing myself multiple times a day, every single day of the week, counting calories, making sure it was accurate. What's my carb intake? You know, what, what is my overall, um, value of calories at the end of the day? And I, I just, you know, I looked way too much at how many carbs I was eating, you know, what, the, um, what the calories were when it came to like pasta, when it came to pizza, when it came to, you know, how many carbs, how much fat am I eating? You know, what, what is, 
how many how much processed food am I eating? But in you know, and so there are there are good things about that, right? There are good things, um, especially if you're wanting to be healthier. There are things you should look at, such as you know what how, what kind of carbs are you eating? Um, how much fat are you eating? What kind of processed foods are you eating? And how are they affecting you? Sure, um, especially if you're trying to diet. But for my relationship with food. Um, it would completely annihilate me. It would completely destroy me to sit there and track all of that and to sit there and put a number value on the food that I was eating instead of a nutritional value on the food I was eating. And that's where I think the difference is, is I had to get rid of the number thinking and I had to get rid of the unhealthy obsession with the numbers. Um, and I had to really start focusing on the nutritional value um, of foods and, you know, the portion control and everything like that I'm working on uh, just because as a binge eater, you know, if I'm hungry, there are totally times where I will just eat and eat and eat and eat and I will not stop until I will throw up. And so um, what I've had to do now is really understand portion controls, why um, they're recommended, what's recommended for me, um, and how I should fuel my body without shaming myself for enjoying things, um, such as different foods that I like. Like, I love pasta. I absolutely love pasta. I love fast food. I love Popeyes, and I love, uh, let's see, of Taco Bell. I love, uh, Panera and Cafe Zupas, if you know what that is. I, there are so many, like fast foods that I love. Um, and I had to stop shaming myself for eating those things. So like in my lifestyle currently, um, I can cook, you know, and I, it's easy to cook dinner. Um, sometimes there are, are weeks where it's so hectic that we don't go grocery shopping. So, um, we just don't have the time with us working opposite schedules. It's really hard to coordinate sometimes. So getting something quick, getting something easy, um, picking something up is the easiest thing to do. And it's been, um, a good challenge for me to really, uh, see how I can turn my negative thinking into positive thinking when it comes to myself. You know, I'd made a comment about, you know, I think I'm gaining weight and, um, I had to stop and say, you know, why, why am I so afraid of gaining weight? What is the ultimate reason that I'm scared that I'm gaining weight when, you know, there are ways to lose weight. There's things that I could do to help myself, um, you know, so it's not as if it's irreversible. So what is the fear that I have about being plus size? What is the fear that I have about continuing to grow in size? Um, and other than, you know, there are obvious health concerns that can come with it. Um, but my biggest thing is that I need to love myself and the body I'm in first. Um, before I can ever achieve the goals that I want to achieve with my physical health um, in a healthy way. Because my the way that my, bra my brain works, it just, I need to rewire it first and I need to help my brain first um, before I can fully connect the mind and body together. Um, I've worked on educating myself on both of them, on implementing different habits to heal both of them, to nourish both of them. Um, but my relationship with food is going to be something that I know that I will struggle with and continue to struggle with. So it's going to be interesting to see um, how it continues to play out and how I continue to become a healthier version of myself. Um, but ultimately, I needed to educate myself first and to love myself first um, and then set goals for myself and then, you know, set tasks for myself. And I don't think uh, dieting is going to uh, be something I do anytime soon, which is totally fine. Um, I think that 
there is a lot to be said about being somebody that is fat and, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. I think that being fat to some people doesn't equal healthy or doesn't equal that they're trying to be healthy, um, which is not true. You know, there are so many people that are plus size that they work out every single day and they don't lose weight. You never know why somebody is the size that they are. And so to judge them for their size is a wrong thing to do, whether it's somebody that is um, on the plus size end of the scale or somebody that is on the smaller size of the scale. It doesn't matter. You don't know why somebody's the size that they are. So don't fucking make a comment about it. I don't know why it's that hard to just be nice to people. Um, But it just floors me when people, you know, are when I see comments even on like social media or in person where people are talking about, oh, you're so fat. Why don't you just go to the gym or stop eating? Or I see somebody that's skinnier and there's comments about how, you know, they need to eat more. They're too skinny. Oh, nobody wants to see your body like that or whatever. And on both ends, that's sad. So it's like, just stop saying negative things. I don't know why it's hard. I don't know what pleasure people get out of, you know, shaming somebody for their their size. Um, You know, I at one point had become such a toxic person that I too would judge people. I too would make comments, um, especially when I was in this like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm fat. I'm this plus size person. And I, um, would say about how I would never want to be skinny and that, and that, and To have that mindset of like judging somebody based on their size and to be in such a sick headspace that I was in where I would make comments about people that were skinny and people that were fat, even though I am somebody that is overweight um, and even though I am somebody who has struggled with weight my entire life, uh, to be in such a sick headspace that I would do that. Like, that's where I didn't even recognize myself. Like, now I think about, you know, shaming somebody for their body and it just makes me so sad because I don't know what somebody's going through and I don't know what they're struggling with. And, you know, I wouldn't want somebody to comment, you know, about my weight or the size that I am. Um, so why the fuck would I comment on somebody else's weight or the size that they are? Or, you know, who am I to sit there and tell somebody they need to eat more or tell somebody they need to eat less? Uh, and I became kind of an asshole. You know, I'm, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. You know, I was, I struggled with mental illness, struggled with eating disorders, and yet I was a judgmental bitch at times. And I think it's, I think it really stemmed from me trying to make myself feel better by putting people down and it never worked. Um, and I wouldn't typically like, I would never be somebody that would go up to somebody and just sit there and shit on them, say negative things to them or whatever. But I for sure have made like comments and I've been an asshole. And uh, it's something that now I take accountability for because I think that uh, the only way you're going to grow as a person is by taking accountability for your actions uh, to yourself and to other people and being able to move on past those actions, being able to educate yourself enough to realize what you did wrong and that there are ways to go about things in a better manner um, and to be a kinder person. So this journey has really helped me not only with uh, struggling with my own identity, but also with me struggling to understand and to empathize with other people because it felt like the world constantly hated me. So I felt like I needed to hate the world. And that is not the case. The world, I mean, I'm one person to the world, you know, there's how many billions of people in the world. I'm one single person, you know, um, and everybody is the, their own star of their own show. You know, the world technically does revolve around you, you know, your world, what you're seeing through your own eyes, 
that is your world. That is your perspective. So the world, in a sense, does revolve around you and how you take care of yourself and how you treat other people. Um, and so I feel like taking accountability and responsibility for my own actions and even admitting to the fact that I was an asshole, I was judgmental, I did the things that now I would never do. And it's because I needed to grow. I needed to learn. Um, I was immature. I mean, it's it's hard because when you're in high school, it feels like everybody's kind of attacking you. What clique do you fit into? What group do you fit into? Um, and I felt like that's how the world was, even though, you know, it can be like that. But really, like, everybody's just trying to live their life and they're just trying to get by and they're just trying to, you know, figure themselves out, figure out what their goals are, their aspirations, their dreams. There are people that want to have families or people that don't and they just want to travel or, you know, they just want to kind of vibe by themselves and do their own thing. There's people that want to be in relationships, don't want to be in relationships, people that want to diet, don't want to diet, want to lose weight, don't want to lose weight. We're all just trying to fucking survive and to live and to live a life that at the end of it, we can look back and think, yeah, you know what? We fucking did the damn thing. I am here. I survived. Um, I think about people that have lost their lives and have taken their lives um, because of mental illness and it it is something that is just so heartbreaking because you know I w was a part of that I was almost a part of that in a sense of if I would have taken my own life you know there's another life lost to mental illness there's you know somebody who felt like it wouldn't get any better and I don't want anybody to feel like that I don't want anybody to think that ending their life is you know, this, the solution for them. I mean, I, I've been there and I, I, I understand, um, how, how the overwhelming emotions that being that, you know, depressed or being that, that's so deep into the self-hatred, how it can feel. Um, and I never want anybody to feel like that or feel like they don't have somebody. So, uh, if you feel like you're alone or that you don't have somebody, uh, you do now, uh, so you're not alone. Um, and if you need anything from me, I don't uh, know what I can all give, uh, but I do have social media where you can reach out if you need somebody to talk to. I have various platforms, emails that you can reach out to me on um, because nobody's alone and I want to make sure that nobody's alone and that there's a community where people can be themselves without being judged. People can share their stories. People can tell each other what helped them get through certain situations or what they even felt like when they were stuck in a rut. Um, and that's the biggest thing is taking accountability for the way that you treat yourself and the way that you treat other people. Um, and that's my biggest thing is just always be kind to the people that you meet. Um, I know that it's hard to get rid of that idea of judging somebody upon, uh, upon like first interaction or you know I feel like we all do that where we meet somebody and you're kind of already like okay this is who what kind of person I think they are um and I had to stop doing that you know I I had to stop uh seeing the world like that and seeing the world as you know negative and this horrible thing a horrible place uh, because it's really not I mean there are shitty things about life and there are shitty things about uh the world and shitty things about you know even living in the U.S. sometimes, uh, there are shitty things that happen, but, uh, I think that, you know, ultimately, we're all just trying to fucking survive. We're all just trying to live. Nobody's better than anybody. Um, nobody deserves more than anybody, you know? It's just, we're all just humans trying to be humans, trying to create life and trying to figure it out all while trying to make sure our planet doesn't die to some extent. So, uh, that's it. You know, there's, there's, I could tell you 
you know, to eat better, to exercise, to lose weight and you'd feel better. Uh, but that's not, that's, that's not true at all. That's not the only thing that is going to make you feel better. And that's not the only thing that, that you have to do to help your body, to nourish your body, to unpack, you know, self-esteem issues, um, self-image issues, body image issues. You know, I don't restrict myself anymore. I eat consistent meals. I plan out meals and snacks. I, you know, I meal plan for the week so that my brain doesn't overthink, you know, the calories that I don't. And that's, that's where I'm at right now is, you know, I have to know my triggers. I have to know uh, how to deal with emotional moments and what I can do to cope instead of going to food. Uh, so there's a lot of things I can say just from a nutritional standpoint. But from a healing standpoint, there's so much more uh, that will go into healing your relationship with food and your relationship with yourself. And it really does mean taking accountability for the way that you act towards yourself, for the things that you say to yourself, and for the way that you treat other people, and for the things that you say to other people. Um, there's a lot of uh, things that I uh, regret saying and that I regret thinking about other people. Maybe it was stuff I didn't even say verbally, but that I just thought. And now, you know, there's those moments where you think something and you're like, oh, fuck, why do I think that? Or like, why did I just say that in my brain? Like, it was kind of like an unintentional, like, oh, I'm an asshole. I don't actually think that uh, type moments. And I have had a lot of those. So really breaking down the things that I don't like about myself, the things that in the past that have hurt me that I've turned into me being judgmental me being rude to people me not being kind um now I can never I can never imagine um hurting somebody somebody verbally that way or uh, treating another human in such a despicable way uh just because like I said we're all the same like it doesn't it doesn't really matter um you know where you're at in life or what what situation you're in in this moment um at the end of the day we're all just trying to fucking survive um we're all just trying to live and to see a better world create a better world for our kids for their kids uh maybe so that our planet doesn't you know die at some point and we don't see the end of the world in my lifetime you know it's just we're all just trying we're all fighting the fucking fight and uh making sure that you're taking care of your body is so important uh, making sure that you're taking care of your physical being as well as your mental being is so important. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I hope that I know it was kind of ranting. Um, I hope that there's something that was useful. I hope that you felt something when you listen to this. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm here for any questions, any, you know, comments, any stories anybody wants to tell. Um, definitely here to listen and to uh give any advice or tips that I can give, uh, especially if it's something that I can relate based on my own experiences. And if it's not, then I'm a great listener. Uh, so, but I hope you learned something today. I hope you're having a great day. I hope that, you know, you find yourself becoming happier and happier with each step in your life. Things do get better. Things will get easier. Um, and yeah, I mean, nourish your body, nourish your mind, take care of yourself and be kind to others. That's, that's it. You know, you never know what somebody's going through. Uh, don't assume that you do. Don't assume that you know anything about somebody that you have no idea about. Um, and just be a kinder person all around. Uh, so yeah, that, that's it for me today. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. 
I hope that you learned something. I hope you took something away from it. Uh, and if anything, you learned a little bit more about me. I don't know if that helps anything, but I hope it does. Um, but yeah, that's it for me today, guys. And I will see you guys or you'll hear me uh, in the next podcast episode. Um, so have a great rest of your day and bye.